0: hello friends welcome back to another episode of radical health radio today in the studio i had steve and dan who are the co-founders of nads nads is a organic cotton underwear company that is fighting back against the forever chemicals and the endocrine disrupting chemicals in much of our conventional lycra moisture-wicking, dry-fit kind of clothing. This is a really fascinating conversation. I learned a lot about the effects that our clothing can have on our systems. They're the sto- they show their story about starting nads their own health journeys, how they adopted an animal-based lifestyle and tuck back their health. The big mission for what they want to accomplish with this message and how they are going to protect the nads of our future, to protect testosterone, reproductive health and fight back against the exposure to chronic toxins in our environment. Of course, we get on to some callers today where we have questions around how this affects women's reproductive health too, what's potentially going on there from a hormonal standpoint. What if you like to do yoga and you look really good in your Lululemon leggings, but you've become aware that these are also laced with these toxins and forever chemicals, what are some options? And a question about potentially detoxing from some of this stuff. Is it possible to protect against it and also get rid of it if we have it in our system? It's a fascinating conversation. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show, you radical health seeker. I've got a treat for you today. I got my boys in the studio. I got Steve and Dan from NADS Underwear. I convinced them to fly all the way out from Florida in the Texas heat to come and talk to me about NADS organic underwear, their stories, business, entrepreneurial stuff, and all of that stuff. So before we get into it, fellas, a big dose of appreciation for you for making the trip. Welcome to HQ. How's you how's your trip going? How's the day going? How are we feeling?
1: trip's going well. Thank you for having us. We're pumped to be here. Uh Big, big fans of the show, big fans of the brand. It's kind of surreal to be here, one of those things. So again, just want to express some gratuity. Cool. Uh, we are very grateful for being here. Uh, the trip's been good. Austin's a really cool place. First Heck time yeah. here for both of us.
0: It is a cool place. I, I don't live here either. I'm sure the, the listeners have heard that before, but I always get excited coming back because yeah. part of these amazing conversations, the vibe, the food options we've got available right now. I saw you guys hitting up Zeke last what night. We were talking about. Yeah, Sweet seed oil free. And all of this, like the reason that's so important is we finally are getting options, right? We're getting options for food, we're getting options for clothing. We're gonna get into that. That's what you guys are really doing. But I'm always curious, especially when there's, you know, CEOs that are a duo, right? It's not just a one man show. There's two of you here. So I'm curious about your guys' relationship, but I'm also very curious about your individual story. So I'm gonna kinda pass the puck to you and just say, What what's the story? Like, what even got you into, you know, this health conundrum? And whoever wants to take the mic first, be my guest
2: yeah i'll start us off um first off dan and i have known each other since we were, you know six years old so we're lifelong best buds um always have had an affinity for the health and wellness space grew up playing sports together working out vacationing together so we've been you know we've known each other forever um you know we split up when college came around and went our separate ways and then you know we started kind of rejoining and gain, joining forces again and we uh we actually worked together out in california for a little bit did some solar work but when we were out there together, we kind of joined heads or put our heads together and like, all right, we need to start something of our own. Mm. Um, and then I'll obviously let Dan tell his part of the story, but you know, two years ago I was, I finally stumbled upon Paul Saladino and I got hooked into the, the animal based diet, started going down all the rabbit holes, taking the supplements and changed my life from a health and wellness standpoint. I started sleeping better. I started having better energy. Just everything just kind of started aligning itself with, with how, with the diet. Um, and then, you know, you start looking into ways to decrease toxicity in your mm-hmm. life. One thing leads to another. You start looking at body soaps, you're looking at cookware, you're looking at your bed sheets. And then eventually, you know, you're like, all right, well, what am I putting on my body on a daily basis? And realize that the clothing we're wearing, polyester, all these different synthetic fabrics are just terrible for the skin. Your biggest organ on the body is your skin, mm-hmm. absorbing it all day, all day long. So, um, yeah, Dan kind of reached out to me. He was the, uh, He was definitely the beginning force on the idea. He's like, I have this idea for organic cotton underwear business. And we kind of sat on it for like two months. And then we were like, this is the, this is the idea we're going to run with it. And then we joined forces. We started cranking away at it and here we are. Let's go.
3: Yeah.
1: That was, uh, about a year ago, kind of when we officially were like, all right, this is an idea we have. It's got some real estate up top. I remember Steve used that phrase and like that will always be in my head now. It's like it's got real estate up top. It still does, Hmm. right? So it's just a lingering idea. And like the fact that it didn't die and no players came to market, that's when we were like, all right, we got to strike. But I'll get into that. But uh, my story, my background, yeah. So Steve and I grew up together, always been best buds. Um, We kind of parted ways in college, like you mentioned. And then when we got back into working together out in California, we realized that there's a, a really strong synergy between the two of us in terms of lifestyle and work ethic. Right. So we just kind of realized, like, okay, this is a guy who is a good buddy of mine who I grew up with, who I can definitely see working together. And you can't say that about everybody. right? Mm -hmm. That's tough. Business is something that's challenging and it doesn't really cater to every type of relationship. But we definitely have been able to work out that whole side of things. But that said, my background, uh, I'm from Connecticut. Originally, I grew up very active, a lacrosse and football player my whole life, was super into working out. You know, my brother four years above me was put into workout classes at, he was probably, I don't know, 11 years old. So my dad said, do you want to go and train at that gym with them? I was seven at the time. And most seven year olds would probably say no. And I was like, absolutely, I want to do anything he does. Mm -hmm. My role model, my idol, I wanted to go and do whatever it was he was doing. I was like, another chance to bother him? Yes. So I went and I joined the gym with them. And from seven years old forward, I was just always, always working out. And it wasn't just in sports, it was in gym settings as well. So that was kind of the catalyst to really getting into the fitness space. And it took different shapes, right? You know, it was sports specific, then it was bodybuilding in high school, uh, which probably took some years off of my life. Uh, And then in college, it kind of took a little bit of a different shape into just being like bro split workouts like we talked about after college what really happened was it took a new lens into health and hmm. wellness overall. So it stopped being about just working out and being in shape and the active lifestyle. And it started being about what's really going on underneath and trying to just be optimal. And then the domino started falling with, you know, heart and soil, Paul Saladino learning on our own functional medicine practices, all of that, which I'll get into in the story about NADS. But the background here is just kind of, you know, active lifestyle is really in tune with our bodies trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to go about this, this, and this, and then just pursuing it step after step. Um, And then tying it back into business. After college, I came down to South Florida, where we are operating the business out of now. And I joined a entrepreneurial print company. And my uncle had just started it. It's called Purple Frog Graphics, and it was super strong branded. So that's kind of where I got the marketing background Mm. that we were able to use for NADS. And I worked there for a couple of years. Eventually, I learned so much, and I realized, okay, I have this other idea for this company. I think I'm ready to give it a shot. If I don't do it now, I'll probably never do it. So then finally, kind of jumped off the proverbial cliff. Steve and I joined forces, and we launched the business about, we soft launched it in December of last year. Mm and kind of really kicked things off in February of this year, February, March.
0: So cool. Yeah. I think you described a lot of our people's journey, which is like, there's something that's the red pill for you guys. It yeah. was exposure to Paul and the animal-based messaging. For me, it was prior to that, it was like Mark Sisson and gluten grains aren't, aren't good for you. But then once you've opened Pandora's box, there's unfortunately no turning back, you know? <laughs> you start to realize exactly what you were saying, Steve. It's like, I'm thinking about what I'm putting in my mouth and now I'm thinking about what I'm putting in my body. And you draw that out over a long enough timeline and you guys are like, oh, there's an opportunity here. And I like what said about jumping off the cliff because I always think about this term, the leap of faith. Yeah. It's not a leap of guarantee. There's not a leap of safety. Yeah. There's a leap of faith. You got to trust that you got something. That mental real estate that you guys spoke about. There's a famous quote from Rumi. He said, uh, Leap and the net shall appear. He didn't say leap because the net's going to catch you every single time. You got to trust first. You got to take that leap of faith. So. What, what was in you? You said like, you know, when, when this idea came, like what was in you that gave you the trust and the confidence to take that leap of faith? Because nothing's a guarantee in this world. You got to risk it for the biscuit. What's like in you guys personally and professionally that was like, yeah, we, we just, we got to do this. You said, if not, if not now, when? Or I might never do it. So what was the catalyst? What was the real motivation?
1: I think having a competitive background, mm. knowing that in a situation where if my back's against the wall, I'm going to swing right being in that corner and it was kind of a a spot in my life last year where i was feeling a little bit aimless i've been in that position where i was working for a couple years i had been in south florida for a couple years things had gotten a little bit stale a little monotonous and i was trying to finally figure out what it was i was quote unquote supposed to be doing right like what's my mission what's my purpose i was struggling with that as a man Mm. uh, and as a business person too and this idea popped up and just the energy around it in my head for a couple weeks was different than anything I had felt, so that was kind of the thought of okay, this is a real opportunity. It's an idea we sussed it out. There's definitely a hole in the market, but then the combination of that and saying you know if you're going to leap, the net shall appear. It may not appear right away. Mm-hmm. You may be falling for a while, <laughs> but at some point it's going to appear. Yeah. And whether or not it's appeared yet, that's a different story, right? But at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer in the advice of bet on yourself mm. if you're the type of person that can take that advice, right? Obviously everybody's different, right? Some people work better in situations where they're surrounded by a bunch of other people in teams and everybody is probably stronger in a team. But at the end of the day, that self-reliance is something that's never been omitted from my life. I've always kind of had that, like, if everything hits the wall, I'll be okay. I'll be able to figure it out. And though with that, taking that into business, that's when I was like, okay, this is something that we'll figure out. We don't know the answers right now, but we'll figure it out. And then there was a slight bit of, uh, bit of hesitation with it. But then when I talked to Steve, having two people like that, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I'm betting on us over anybody else. If that. anybody else is going to do this, then we're not going to be able to do it or we'll be second to market or something like that. So then having the duo behind it just made it way more concrete in the mind.
0: Mm. Steve, I was I was gonna ask you that and I think uh, you know, Dan answered it a little bit. I was curious whether he pulled you into this vision and sold you on it or you're also of a similar philosophy and then the combination of these two forces just made you a bit of a powerful force. What's your story though?
2: Exactly, so I was actually, before I, I moved to California, um, prior to that, right out of college I was working in a finance corporate job um, and Basically, my buddy gave me this opportunity to kind of run my own business out in California to start solar. And all my parents were like, this is the worst idea, biggest mistake you'll ever make. Just didn't listen to anybody's advice and just kind of took it and went for it. And it was one of the best decisions because it was just kind of another step forward towards exactly what we're doing now, which Mm -hmm. is building a business together. Like Dan said, we're best buddies and we have a very similar mindset. Um, Also very different thinking patterns, but at the same time, Dan and i always like to joke that we agree on everything all the time um so it actually it, it's worked out awesome um but yeah from you know there's never there's never going to be the exact right moment for anything in life mm-hmm. and if there ever if anything ever lines up that perfectly it's probably too good to be true um so you just kind of have to take that leap of faith like you said and just go for it
0: heck yeah You, you both kind of alluded at something I I say, like all all humans, I feel like we chose this and I feel like there's something we get to offer that's uniquely ours. That's uniquely our gifts. Nobody else could do it like we could do it because they're not us. And men in particular seem to be purpose-built creatures. And what you described of kind of feeling just a little bit lost, even sometimes when things are going well, is a feeling you can't shake. And it sounds to me like you didn't have the idea of NADS so much as the NADS idea had you, like it sunk its teeth into you and it was like, oh, this is the thing. It feels different. So one of the things um, I talk about a lot is is alignment, you know, head, heart, and in this case, balls, the courage (laughs) to do it. You can have all the strategy, you can know it's true, you can feel it, but if you don't have the balls to have the courage to go for it, you don't actually take the leap of faith and it's just an idea, it's just mental masturbation, it's just a cool thing that, you know, eventually fades into the dust. So now we arrive at this ball thing in the conversation. It's interesting, NADS is a term we use in England a lot to describe the balls. When you say my NADS, everybody knows what you're talking about. Not necessarily so in America, right? Because I had a sticker on my water bottle at the gym the other day and someone's like, I love my NADS. What is that? Is that what I think it is? And I was like, "It's exactly what you think it is." (laughs) So now we're onto the topic of we've put our balls on the table and we've arrived here. Like Nads, we know we've teased it. It's an organic underwear company, but tell us the Nads story now. Tell us the vision. You know, tell us about some of the dangers around you know toxic uh, clothing and just you know the floor is yours. What is Nads?
1: So it started kind of when I moved down to Florida
0: in 2018, right?
1: I had this seemingly awesome life on the external. And I was active, I was eating clean, I had a good job, I had fulfillment and passion for what I was doing in my life, Um, I had a great apartment, living in sunny South Florida, life was seemingly awesome, right? So at the time I was 22 and I was going to be 23 shortly thereafter, and when I was 23 years old, I had this kind of aha moment where I'm looking on the outside, looking into my own life, thinking, oh, this is so great. But internally, I was struggling every single day I was riding this energy roller coaster, And I just thought to myself, like, I guess this is what happens when you get older. And then I had another moment where I was like, you're 23, <laughs> you're not older yet. It's like, this can't be the norm. So conventional doctors, typical medicine, I never got any answers from. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where like, it was, it had a hold on me, right? So I would wake up in the morning and I would wake up tired. You know that feeling where you wake up and you're like, I did not get a good night's sleep. I'm now tired for the whole day until I sleep again. That was just perpetual shade of gray I was living in. And I would live for that 5.30 p.m. nap on my Mm. bed. I sound like like an old man here, right? Like that's an unfortunate reality. That's a part of my past. So finally, I got so fed up. I think I missed a meeting or like an important business call with a really big prospect. And I got so pissed at that that I would allow myself to do that because I was so tired. I finally was like, okay, enough's enough. Straw that broke the camel's back. I found the world of functional medicine, mm-hmm. got a full blood panel done, and at 23 years old, I was shocked to learn that my testosterone number was in the basement, mm. right? So all of this mental fog, all of this lack of energy, all of this just like really needing to rally to get myself up and going was tied to that. mm And so that ties into the whole issue of like testosterone being way more than just the machismo around muscles and strength growth, right? It's involved in everything at a cellular level. That said, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. So I asked my doctor, I said, how is this possible with my level of activity, with the way I eat? He was like, well, it's all work ethic. There are ways that you now need to look at to get your testosterone number higher. And so that kind of set me out on the road of optimization. Mm. And that's when my life switched from fitness to health. And those are two terms that are just not synonymous. And obviously they can live in the same silo, but they're different, Mm -hmm. right? So I won't get into the whole issue on like fitness versus health right now. But with that, set out on a road to optimize testosterone production. And then like you mentioned about Pandora's box, once you start, you can't stop. And so you keep taking it a step further and a step further and a step further. And with that and those rounds of labs at three or four times a year something like that, we kept seeing that number go up. Mm. And still to this day, we're still seeing it go up. So, you know, you go aside, a 23-year-old, I wasn't happy with that number, right? I was like, okay, this is bad. 24, 25, 26, now I'm 27 years old and the is steadily climbing to the point where I'm 27 and I have a considerably higher testosterone number than I did at 23, which is... Not what you would think would happen. Right. Yeah. So And
0: just for the listener, because some some of these won't be watching, like Steve and Dan are fit guys. And this is where it breaks that mold. I think that paradigm fitness and health is a really cool distinction because I'm sure on the outside, you said your whole, you know, you were an athlete. So you probably looked really good, but your testosterone was in the tank. And I think, you know, this will will tie into the conversation, this epidemic yeah. of crashing testosterone, but it's not always about, you know, the appearance. You can look strong, you can be lean, you might even be able to see some abs down there. But doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you're not trashed in in terms of the hormonal um, arena there. So celebrating yeah. you there as well for going for the natural fixes too, and yeah. you know figuring <laughs> that out.
1: Well, that was challenging after, you know, the world of living in just supplements pushed by all these companies that probably aren't in the spot to actually push it out on people because mm. it's just like shortcuts. But that said, flashing forward, you know, it was like removing toxins from deodorants, from candles in the house, from cookware, from, you know, storage of food, right? And it's like, trying and get rid of BPA, try and get rid of PFAs and PFCs, mm-hmm. trying to cut out all these toxins that we're just exposed to daily, which is an unfortunate reality, but it's a reality, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be ignorant to think that we can just avoid them. They're literally everywhere, they're in everything. So how can we start to make choices that might cost a little bit more money up front? But will yield massive results in the long term. Mm. And so now it's been a couple of years of that compounding, and I'm starting to see the impacts on my health. And things are trajectory, the trajectory has been north, which has been great. Um, But last year, I had another one of those kind of realization moments where I was sitting and I heard something Paul Saladino said, and I started thinking about it. And then I started thinking about my Under Armour uh, compression shorts I was wearing every day to the gym for 90 to 120 minutes and 30 of those minutes were in the 175 degree sauna, Mm -hmm.
4: right?
1: So I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about polyester, I'm thinking about the base of polyester and what it's made from. So the next thing you know, I'm on my computer for days and days and I'm looking at polyester, how it's comprised like what the whole process is and the impact on the body. And sure enough, I'm then totally turned off to all sorts of compression shorts and all sorts of fully synthetic fabrics being down there, let alone t-shirts, shorts, all that stuff. But specifically for our terms, underwear, right? It's like, okay, If I'm trying to optimize my testosterone, my testosterone is produced in the gonads. The first line of defense that's on my, my nads needs to be clean, Mm -hmm. right? It can't be this anti-testosterone material, which is polyester synthetics, uh, conventional cotton, which has pesticides and all sorts of chemicals. So my thought was, all right, I got to minimize chemicals on my gear. And I went as a consumer and tried to find a company that had something for an active lifestyle and I couldn't find it. So I thought all right, I'll do a couple more searches and then within the next week or so I'll have somebody targeting me on Instagram and I'll just buy it. Nothing. Hmm. That's when I called Steve and I said, "Hey, I got this idea. You know, it's kind of crazy. It's an underwear company. I'm not positive what we're going to call it yet, but if you want to go in on this, this is the one that I'm going to go all in on and I would love for you to come on board and like do this thing with me." And that kind of started it. Um, we never got targeted on Instagram from any company from that point forward. So that's when we realized there was a hole in the market, mm-hmm. and we've come in and we've kind of tried to do it with a, you know, a satirical, not sorry, not satirical, but a humorous but confident and no nonsense voice. Yeah. Right. So we make jokes about reproductive health and Nads. Obviously, our brand name is Nads. It's short for Gonads. It's funny. It's memorable. But we take reproductive health and optimizing your lifestyle very seriously, and we try to get that across in our our website, our social, mm-hmm. and then our ads are more based around hooking somebody with kind of the jokes about your underwear and what it does to your body right specifically your
0: balls love it i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to that reproductive piece that that's big i'm curious because you said about two and a half years the animal-based journey and it Mm -hmm. flipped your health around feeling better than you've ever felt before how does your journey resonate with that at all were you guys having these conversations before were you thinking about this stuff and then all of a sudden dan pops in your inbox and says let's do this crazy thing and you're already in um so i wasn't really aware until he kind of brought up the idea for the business Mm -hmm. um i hadn't
2: really been into like the blood testing and checking testosterone levels i just i knew i ate really well especially after starting the animal-based diet i was doing the exercises that i needed to do high intensity stuff i was in really good shape um but yeah no dan kind of broke the ground when he when he came up with the idea he's like this is what led me to this and i was like well i'm already on board with anything that's non-toxic um, so it was, it was just kind of a no brainer. I the,
0: the flip switched and that was kind of it. The rest is history. As they say, now we're going to change the world of underwear forever and save some balls in the process. I love it. So <laughs> Gameplay. let's get back to the real elephant in the room here. Cause there, there is, like you said, a very real, um, emerging body of evidence and literature suggesting at least that these, um, you know, conventional polyester style clothing think moisture wicking, stretchy, you know, dry fit, Lululemon, like all of these brands, like the stuff that is admittedly very comfortable to wear, right, and and has all of this, you know, clothing tech, but it comes with risk. Like what are the risks that that you've e- explored here? What are you finding out about these um, compounds? What are they doing to testosterone? What are they doing to fertility? Is there actually any reliable evidence we can look at? Is there, you know, a thread we can pull on here to learn more about this stuff?
1: Sure. So. In short, the best way to summarize the whole thing is that conventional apparel in general has been found to be loaded with endocrine-disrupting chemicals, right? And then underneath that EDC category, there are different types of these volatile organic compounds and inorganic compounds, right? So you know, PFAs and PFCs, perfluoroalkyl substances and chemicals and compounds, and then you have, which are also known as uh, forever chemicals, yeah, right? right? And then you have phthalates, right? Everybody knows about those at this point very bad for the body. You have BPA, you have PVC, all of these chemicals that shouldn't be definitely not in the body. And then we're coming to find out they shouldn't be on the body either. Mm. Right. So we started diving into that. And if you ever head to the website in our references section, in our blog posts, we actually reference the, the, uh, the science around these things a lot. And we get that question a lot, right? Well, where are you getting this information? It's been tons of studies, right? So there was a study done I think it was done in 1992. There was 14 guys and they were, it was an observational study done around them and they were monitored for 365 days and they were wearing a polyester scrotum sling. For those of you who don't know, the scrotum is the ball sack, right? So they're wearing a cup made of polyester on their nets. And with that, I think it was 180 days into it, all of these men became asospermic. So it means that their ejaculate didn't have any living sperm inside of it, no right? Way. So it's essentially saying, this is working as male contraception, right? Hmm. So, what happened was, and not to fear, I spent years and years and years wearing polyester underwear. Um, in the end of the study, I think it took 80 to around 120 days where all of these men's levels, testicular size, uh, sperm, motility, everything normalized. Hmm. And most of these guys ended up going and having children with their partners, which was a big part of the study as well. But the summary, I remember the last line in the study, it says, It's like, in short, polyester sling is a safe, inexpensive, inexpensive and um, efficient form of male birth control. Wow. So when I read that, I thought to myself, okay, I don't think I'm trying to have that happen with my underwear, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're wearing boxer briefs, which are more compressing, which are actually the most popular style of underwear out there, that is essentially kind of like a polyester scrotum sling, right? Mm. So that was the thought there. And like, that's one of the biggest studies. And there's been tons of other ones that you can find in the references section on our site that have pointed to this being a legitimate scientifically backed issue. And that's when we kind of knew, all right, this has some urgency to it. Yeah. right. There's real grounds for this. This is a a mission, not just a business.
0: Yeah. And with anything like, you know, the the research has to start somewhere and I'm sure it will grow and I'm sure parts of this movement will encourage it to grow. And I'm curious, like I'm thinking, I'm putting myself in that, even that terminology you said, like they highlighted it as an effective form of male contraception. Like it's a good thing. Right. And I'm thinking back to my youthful brain of maybe even going like oh, I mean, is that the worst thing in the world? If I don't want to be running around and, you know, making kids that I I don't necessarily I'm ready for in my life right now. Like I remember hearing once that if you got in a really hot bath, you can potentially make yourself impotent for a short window of time. So you're essentially saying that they are saying if you were this stuff, it can make you infertile. But some people might be like, "Ah, it's not that big of a deal. You said it comes back you know, that's good. It it lowers the risks or or whatever. But I'm sure that's not the only issue. Like what else is going on with this stuff?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll dive into this a little bit more. it started as testosterone optimization.
0: And then once
1: Pandora's box was open, we realized what else was going on, right? So these chemicals have been found and these materials have been found to cause all sorts of issues in, in the human body, right? Testicular cancers, um, azospermia, right? Infertility, erectile dysfunction. Certainly there's the decrease in testosterone, but with all of these, the reproductive system, reproductive health is tied to everything else, mm. right? So that's like that concept of testosterone going down. It's not just about muscle and strength gain. Testosterone is responsible at a cellular level for cognition, skin, hair, and nail growth, cardiovascular health, uh, libido and sex drive, obviously, muscle and strength growth. It's involved in so many bodily processes that we realized this wasn't just about that. Right, so taking it a step further and trying to educate and tie it into everything else. You know, there's people who have experienced kidney issues because of some of these compounds, there's people who have experienced all sorts of dizziness and skin rashes and contact dermatitis, all these things that have happened because of these uh, materials and chemicals that do tie it to the bigger picture of overall health and not just being about, well, you know, I'm not worried about my fertility right now. Well, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Right? Your reproductive system is impacted as a whole then the overall system is impacted as a whole. Damn. So,
0: What else are we learning? This is fascinating. (laughs) What else are you guys digging into? What are we uncovering here? Like how how big of an issue is this? I'm guessing it's pretty bloody big. You know, everybody's wearing this stuff, right? What's going on? I'd say it's pretty large. Uh, You know, testosterone specifically
1: right now over the last three to five decades is down up to 50% in some cases, right? So there's been a lot of studies that have come out and pretty much have said in, in plain terms, you know, 23-year-olds have the testosterone of a 72-year-old man, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if that doesn't scare you, like, that's a problem.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's one of kind of the missions behind NADS in general. It's it's a radical health movement, right? mm -hmm. You make one small decision that's going to have a benefit or it's going to have a beneficial impact on you. Hopefully, this leads you to start making smarter, less toxic decisions in the rest of your life, whether it's the food you eat, the things you wear, the things you put on your body and your body, Um, So hopefully we we start to see that trend kind of increase as we already have is um, like the animal based community over the last couple of years has just grown extensively. So hopefully we continue to start to see that trend continue.
0: Yeah. I I, I respect this conversation too, as well from the fertility perspective, because uh, classically until at least more recently, we've always just assumed that fertility issue was a woman's issue, right? Right. We always look at the woman, what are they doing and what treatments do they need? And only recently we even started to have this conversation that this fertility issue is also an issue of men's sperm motility and quality and overall health. And I love what you said about the testosterone piece. It's not just rah, rah, go, go, go build muscle. It's so much more your mood, your drive, your immune system, all those things that you alluded to. So. If that is the case and, and people are kind of going like, oh shit, you know, they're probably listening to this with their, you know, tight Lycra underwear on, right? You've obviously got a solution here. NADS is a solution. Um, what can we do? Like I'm thinking most athleisure stuff, a lot of the stuff that people are wearing on a day-to-day basis, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm fully cottoned up now because of the influence of you guys and, and guys like Paul too, cotton shorts, nads on under these, cotton shirt. But at the same time, I don't really want to work out in this, right? It's right. uncomfortable, it's stuffy. Ideally I want to be in a gym where I can be shirtless and shoeless and that's great. But if I've got like the moisture wicking shorts on and but I'm wearing nads to create that protective layer, is that good enough from your perspective? Because it's not that direct contact, would that be safe to say?
2: I think it's the best scenario you could have, right? If you really want those other moisture working aspects, as long as you have the, you know, the organic cotton or any sort of organic fiber protecting your, the most important region, um, then you're, you know, you're doing your best you can. Cause like you look at like bamboo viscose or hemp or modal, the micro modals, they all go through like chemically intensive processes. Hmm. Like viscose and, and 10 cell, all comes from like pulver- pulverized wood pulp um and you got to imagine the process that you take a wood fiber to turn it into like a a fabric fiber Hmm. it's quite the process um so yeah as long as you're protecting the most important area which is responsible for producing testosterone and all your other hormonal balances um i think that's a good starting point
0: yeah cool that's a good point because it kind of parallels to something like seed oils, right? Bear with me for a second, right? The, the fact that seed oils have to be so heavily treated, ad, um, you know, adulterated, um, dissented, because they don't naturally produce abundant amounts of oil. Like, you know, go squeeze a safflower and see what happens, right? So you're taking something that's not designed to be that. You're hyper-processing it, and then you're selling it as a healthy product. So you even alluded to this all cottons not even created equal you yeah. said like pesticides so what what makes nads different what's the difference here between like i thought bamboo was good and is the levels is the grading to the cottons what about you know other stuff sneaky stuff pesticide dies like what's the story what are you guys doing there to bring the best of the best so
2: i'll let, I'll let dan touch on the GOTS certification which is like the gold standard but basically all it is is throughout the farming process, all the way to the manufacturing process, there's, you know, there's no herbicides, pesticides, insecticides, which all contains PFAs and all mm. these other forever chemicals that we already spoke about. Um, so it just goes through a very stringent process and a lot of checking and, you know, making sure that nothing's being thrown into these things that you know, have these chemicals included. Dan um, can probably tell more about the GOTS certification, but.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of been short while we went with organic cotton, right? So when we were assessing the business as a whole, before we moved anything forward in terms of production, we said, okay, what's the best material here? Well, as a consumer, we thought organic cotton was the direction we want to go in, right? And there are obviously, there's a hierarchy involved with worst to best Mm -hmm. materials. And we said, let's go with organic cotton because it's a naturally derived fiber and there are uh, certification bodies in place that can make sure that what we're actually putting out there is what we're saying it is, Yeah. right? So what does that mean? Well, it means that there are companies out there that can put something out there like let's just say it was this t-shirt right and let's say that this collar on this shirt it's an accessory technically this could be made from organic cotton and the rest of my shirt could be regular cotton they can market this as organic no way yeah so like that's Cheeky. an issue yeah it's an issue in itself right just technically they're they're not wrong mm. the shirt has organic compounds in it now right so the thought is how do we take that a step further and not be like everybody else and how do we make sure that we're not cutting any corners right hmm. the one thing i don't believe in personally and personal life and professional life is just not to take shortcuts it's kind of a little mantra i live by right so with that gots the global organic textile standard is the leading certifying body for organic textiles Mm -hmm. so with that we said okay well we need to make sure that we're partnering with a gots certified manufacturer yeah so after a ton of research and legwork there we found a reputable partner who makes awesome gear tailored to an active lifestyle doesn't uh, cut any corners on the certification, of course. So everything we're putting out there is backed by that. So it's establishing from cotton seed all the way to garment, fully traceable pattern, to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure that there are no contaminants going into this, right? So with conventional cotton, the main concern is that there's pesticides and insecticides. Mm -hmm. And that there's also been more studies that have shown that with conventional washing cycles and laundering, these chemicals actually aren't coming out. Right. So, like in short, yeah, you should probably wash your clothes before you wear them anytime, right? If they're conventional clothing. That said, there's no way to guarantee that these chemicals are going to come out, even if you wash it 10, 50, 100 times. Wow. So, that's a big concern that we had. So, we're like, okay, how do we nip all these problems in the butt? And it said, we kind of decided that going the route of having a strong organic certification behind our products was an absolute no brainer and a must. Yeah.
0: Good for you guys. I love that level of integrity. And I am guessing that that comes with its own challenges cost, quality, you know, it raises that, and I think, you know, something that you've always got to consider when you bring bringing anything to market is cost. I think the kind of people that are thinking about protecting the NADs are probably already a little red-pilled into things like the quality of food, and, and maybe they're okay spending a little bit more here, but how how's that something you've been able to square the circle on, you know, like, wh- what does NADs stack up to, like, the the refined processed food of underwear. Like, what is the refined process? Is it like Hanes spandex in Walmart versus like NADS organic cotton, you know? Wh- how do you guys like striking a fine balance there between getting this and also like managing logistics around pricing and sourcing these high quality materials? Yeah,
2: I mean, Dan did a lot of the the vetting process, finding different manufacturers, actually testing the qualities of, of the garments and the actual cotton itself. Um, but it's funny cause you'll see on, you know, someone will post on one of our ads on Instagram be like, I can go down to Walmart and get a $2 pair of, of cotton shorts. Realistically, it's probably like 50% cotton, something else. Yeah. But even if it's a hundred percent cotton, there's a hundred percent chance that it's not organic cotton and they're missing out on, on, on the point itself. Um, so you know, the people that actually believe and understand the science backing this stuff, they have no problem paying a premium price for a mm-hmm. premium product cause they just get it. Um, obviously you have your keyboard warriors online that are going to do what they're going to do. And that's just what it is no matter what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the logistical standpoint of things, getting stuff from Turkey and you know, making sure that we're always gonna be able to work with either one supplier or another who's going to provide the same quality
0: garments. Um, it's all part of the game. What, you guys aren't actually sewing the underwear yourselves now in yeah, your apartments in florida okay home. cool yeah yeah that that must have been another thing because you guys didn't come from a clothing background either so like i was fascinated to learn this piece about the the collar like what are the things have you had to learn these little nuances of the industry or just scaling logistics What do you find a textile factory and all of that like what have been some of the cool interesting challenging things of on this journey
1: that's so funny so this whole business happens for the most part, on the computer. Yeah, right. Right. So I, I say that the last year of my life, I've probably taken off 10 to 15 years of my life by being on my computer so much. And I am okay with it if I get to help other people cool. and, and help them with their health and wellness. Right. So, with that, a lot of that journey in the beginning was just tons and tons of research, mm. trying to figure out, you know, one, how do we find a clothing manufacturer? You know, hop it on Google, literally that question. And then be like, okay, that's a little bit of progress. Mm how do we find an organic clothing manufacturer? So it's like when you look at the pool of clothing manufacturers in the world, let's say it's this big. And then you look at the pool of like strictly cotton. It's like, okay, you're here. And then if you look at the pool of like underwear specifically, you're narrowed down. Men's underwear is even tighter. Mm. And then it's like, okay, what about organic cotton men's underwear? Your pool is so tiny. And then even from there, one more step forward, what about certified organic cotton men's underwear? It's like, all right, now we have a very small pool to choose from, and being a startup without having achieved economies of scale, it's very hard to get these people to respond to you, Mm. right? So they're less inclined to wanna work with a brand new company because it's obviously a bigger risk. It's a smart business decision for them, but at the same time, you take a big risk, it could be a big play for you in the long term, right? We live by that. Uh, So with that, we had a handful of suppliers we reached out to and we got in touch with a couple, and then eventually we had the prototype sent to us of a couple of different styles, and then we workshopped them. And through that process, we kind of learned the ins and outs, at least at the the ground level of the apparel business and what sampling and what some of the terminology was, how the actual business side of it works, learning about importing and exporting, learning about trying to actually handle logistics behind fulfillment once things are ready, learning about accessories, all while keeping in mind, we can't do things the regular way most big companies do because we have a certification we need to upkeep. Mm. So it goes just, it's way past the garment itself, right? Packaging has to be taken into account. Um, the process of actually farming it, the actual fabrics themselves, everything from seed to garment, like I mentioned, is taken into account, which makes it a logistical challenge, Mm. especially for two guys who don't have experience in the apparel space. That said, you know, we talked about this before. It's like when that mountain's in front of you, you, how do you get to the peak? Well, you don't worry about the peak just yet. Your first step is this, and then you're going to put the other foot in front of the other and you keep it going. And eventually, you know, we're, you're into this thing and we've got organic garments for men, a couple of different styles, a couple more on the way. And before you know it, you kind of just are a little bit more well-versed and we're not experts by any means, mm-hmm. but we're students of the game, students of life, and we're just trying to figure it out and put the pieces together as we go.
0: I love it. Yeah, everything, Everything's outable, especially with an internet yeah. connection these days. It <laughs> yeah. sounds like you guys are doing that. But you said something that, and I, I wanna touch on this and hear your perspective on it because it, it is a big risk, it was a big risk. I'm sure you've got a lot of skin in the game, a lot of sweat equity, a lot of time, you're all in. What has that taught you about you as a human? Like what's it forced you confront? What has it taught you about life? Like I, I believe everything is our teacher, right? And if you're gonna go all in on something like this and it really goes like you want it to. It usually costs twice as much, takes twice as long. It's gonna bring out your lower self. You're gonna be like dealing with all kinds of stuff. What's been some of the things that you guys have had to work through either in your relationship, you know, cause you started as best buds and I guess sometimes business can either strengthen that or destroy it. What has it taught you personally? Has it forced you to confront maybe some limiting beliefs and what's it just taught you about life doing this?
2: Yeah, I would relate back to what you just said. Everything's figure outable. So like every time there's a hiccup in the road, one, it's always going to be an opportunity to just kind of grow either whether it's as people, as business owners, um, as friends, whatever it is, um, there's always a way to push on whether it's a business hiccup, right? Or a personal hiccup. There's always, there's just always opportunity to grow from that. Um, so I guess we, one of the biggest takeaways is just like stuff's going to happen. You can always make it work in your favor if you're willing to be un, unrelenting and unwavering in your, in your goal and decisions and what you want to do. Um, so that's been... It's been a big confidence builder for sure.
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, on the relationship side of things, we have a good working relationship and a good professional or uh, personal relationship because we're kind of no nonsense straight shooters, right? And with that, whenever there's an issue, if there is an issue that comes up, I remember there was one situation that I'm thinking of right now where we were outside of the gym. We had just been in the sauna. We were talking about something. We disagreed on it and we came outside of the gym and we were like still not to a resolution and it was like, all right, we're not getting in the car until we're just face-to-face and we're talking this thing through to a solution. Mm -hmm. Came to the solution very synergistically and it just made sense and it was like, that's how we kind of handle all of our problems. If there's an issue, face to face, let's talk through it and figure it out. And like those uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable for a reason because they're gonna lead to growth. Mm. So they're gonna improve us as men. They're gonna improve us as businessmen they're gonna improve the business and the brand. And at the end of the day, right now, that's the most important thing is keeping NADS and the mission for the people out there, you know, at center focus for for us right now. Yeah. Um, but with that on the struggles and the triumphs of growing the business and figuring it out from zero to one A lot of sacrifice, Mm. right? Friday nights, Saturday nights in when everybody's out doing their thing as young people. It's, you know, heads down looking at things that quite frankly a year ago I never thought I'd be looking at, right? And now I wouldn't have it any other way and I'm not sacrificing as much currently because we've now gotten this thing to a little bit of a bigger point. But those first eight to 10 months of this thing were just an all out sprint of just trying to figure out different things. And it was like, I had this joke where we had, it's like, what is entrepreneurship to you? Entrepreneurship is a checklist of things. And just when you think you're going to get through it, it gets five times bigger, Mm -hmm. more and more problems come up, which call for more and more solutions and more and more creativity. Mm -hmm. And with that, and with a good partner and a good team in place, you can do anything. Yeah. Just keep digging in and digging in and digging in. And the difference between an idea that I've had in the past and this is that we haven't stopped at anything and we keep going. Even Mm. if it seems like there might not be a solution, we keep going until we figure it out and every time it works out.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. I always say there's there's no growth in comfort and no comfort in growth. I love that. And you've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I think it's huge to have someone you can do it with. Like I've 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 been kind of like a one man band for a little while, and you know it's cool, but I think competition is 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 really powerful. You know that lone wolf mentality can only take you so far. And I'm glad that you guys are mature enough, you know, to not strangle each other, (laughs) to hash it out, to figure it out. And I'm sure as those challenges grow, there'll be times where you're gonna butt heads, but two heads are better than one, as they say how do you guys think your dynamic works like in terms of what roles you've started picking up and how who, who is yin and yang and in certain areas and how do you balance each other out
2: yeah it's pretty funny t- touching back to what we were just talking about like two seemingly like alpha guys but for some reason we're always able to come to solution on something one way or another um dan definitely started and took over with the marketing and strategy brain because that's kind of his background i fall into the more financials and the operational but at the same time like we're both wearing the same hat it kind of feels like we're all doing everything um we definitely have our more niche areas of the of the business but that's how it's kind of laid out
0: cool cool what's next like i know you were saying like we're kind of still in zero to one but you've also got a big vision like what's the big vision what's like the you know they talk about a b-hag goal in business a lot big hurry audacious goal like we joked kind of change the future of men's underwear is that as big as this goes like what what's what's what, what what excites you what keeps you out of getting out of bed in the morning ready to attack this thing
1: i would say that right now it's underwear yeah right um People have asked if we're limited to underwear because of the brand name. We say absolutely. Not. I don't think really limitations exist with anything. Mm-hmm. So, with that, we're starting with men's underwear. The trajectory, we're not attached to any one trajectory by any means. We're kind of just putting, like I said, one foot in front of the other. I think the big overarching picture is that we want to make organic apparel, specifically organic activewear, more accessible to people. Cool. Right? Men and women. Right now, it looks like men's underwear. We've made some strides this year with different styles and colors, which has been great and we have in development some other things behind the scenes that we will keep under wraps for now. Mm -hmm. But uh, within the next 12 months or so, there should be some strides towards breaking out of the underwear space and into the more activewear side of things. And the whole point of this is that we wanna just make comfortable, high performance, sturdy gear accessible. So like we talked about, we actually have options, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, not everybody needs to buy this, but we wanna make sure we're putting forth an option that people like, that works strong sturdy reliable comfortable and it looks good and there's a cool brand around it
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. we were chatting before we we hit record as well with the intention piece like i said hyla is one of my personal mantras the high intention low attachment yeah like you said not fully attached to any one you know path up the mountain like you said there's a big mountain how do you climb it it's the first step but you also gotta you know the map is not the territory when you get halfway up you realize oh the path is closed and now you gotta view around here and it'll sometimes take you where you never could have imagined and if you're too rigidly attached to the game plan you end up probably getting in your head too much so i like that just show up every day live the mission, breathe the mission, put out good stuff into the world, trust that you'll, you know, one one purchase at a time, one piece of content at a time, one conversation at a time, you can cause a pretty big ripple effect. So we're gonna, in a, in a, in a second here, we're gonna bring some callers on the line, but I'm curious, like I said, again, for those watching, you, you guys are fit, you're healthy, you've been on your own health journey, you live in this message, you're both like, you know, fully into the animal-based diet. What is it that you guys really prioritize if you could like boil it down into some tangibles personally for each of you to prioritize your health, stay grounded, stay clear, stay productive in your own lives whilst you have this monster in front of you of building a business of impact?
2: Yeah, something that's been huge for me, I've been on my my meditation journey, I'll call it over the last like two or three years. Um, so I meditate daily, um, anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, try to do it first thing in the morning. That's been huge for maintaining a sense of equanimity mm-hmm. within the within the body, especially with all these moving parts with the business, because it's a full time job. Um, so meditation, without a doubt. Um, obviously, being in the gym as often as possible, which is usually at least six times a week, um, and then just proper diet. Those are a pretty pretty perfect triangle for maintaining a you know the perfect lifestyle.
0: Love it.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, I probably overcomplicate a lot of things. <laughs> In general, and that's why we have a good partnership, as he balances me out. There you it's go. Like, oh, come back down to earth, buddy. Uh, but for me, obviously, diet and nutrition's always been such an important thing, right? And like lately, it's taken more of the animal-based shape, which has been great. I've seen massive, massive strides in my health and wellness because of that. Uh, exercise has never been something that you know has been needed to be looked at as like a focus, mm. just because it's been as much of a part of my identity as brushing my teeth and taking a shower. That's part of the day, right? No matter what, it's part of the day. It's just who I am. I need it. Uh, I don't do it for the, you know, the aesthetics. I don't do it for the social interaction in the gym. I do it because without it, the fog up here is just too much, right? Yeah, It's like, it's kind of that release that I need. So like, that's always been such a, such a pivotal part of everything. Um, my meditation practice is part of my life. It's probably not as big a part of my life as I'd like it to be. There's always room for improvement there. Uh, you know, it's funny, I used to supplement so heavily with different things, trying all these different things at once. and now my entire philosophy is that less is more mm. across everything, right? So in the business, if we can undercomplicate it, we will. In my personal life, if I can undercomplicate it, I'm striving to do that. And in my health and wellness, less is more basically just eating food from the earth, trying to be as close to the earth as possible in every way, right? So like walking around barefoot, being yeah. barefoot in the gym. I'm shirtless most of the time in South Florida, right? Just wearing cotton shorts all the time. Um, things like that and just trying to remain centered and just at the end of the day when i you know get to those moments where i do get overwhelmed right there are times where i get overwhelmed mm-hmm. i was getting overwhelmed on the way in here not because of the podcast just kind of life stuff right mm-hmm. i remember that this isn't about me and it's not about steve it's about everybody else out there and that the mission is more important than the individual mm-hmm. right so it's like check your ego at the door and when i kind of refocus and recenter with that it brings me back down to earth in a way that is calming and grounding and I think that's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. There's that old quote, I'm sure you've heard it. You know, a, a man with a strong enough why can endure anyhow. Yeah. You know, anchored to the mission, anchored to the purpose, not necessarily asking, how do I feel? It's more asking, like, what's required? Like, how do I need to show up today? What's required of me? Right. And I actually like your reflection on the simplicity piece. You know, from a business perspective, it's often said simplicity scales, fancy fails. Uh, but yeah. I think we can apply that to a lot of our lives. You know, we can micromanage a lot of these inputs get really in our head. We was talking a little bit off that you've been able to find more of a balance in that journey. You know, like a few years ago, you were super almost too rigid that that I've been there before. I would call it the unhealthy obsession with health, yeah. where like you're so rigidly attached to health that you've actually stressed yourself out so much that it's not healthy anymore. You so, stress
1: yourself about stress, you're going to get more stress. Exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love that you guys, you know, weaved in meditation there. I think that's really cool. I think it's especially cool to see men sharing that. I've been a meditator for six or seven years, and it's kind of seen as like a, you know, a soft practice, and there's, there's There's a time and a place for this message of discipline and go and get after it and all of that stuff. And we love that too, the exercise piece. But this time to really carve out intentional, you know, curious inquisitiveness about the nature of our mind, breathing, clarity, you know, calling things in, creating peace with what is. I think that's really cool as well. So thank you for sharing that, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: a good way to summarize that.
0: Um We'll we'll drip this in at the end of the call, too, as an extra, but we talked on air about getting our listeners a code for, um you know, trying their own first pair of organic undies. And by the way, it's in just for the men. I just was telling the guys, my wife steals <laughs> these and uh, now I'm looking for them. I'm like, I need to buy more because she's wearing them. So yeah. is, is it cool to say that Radical Health Radio will get our listeners a cool little discount over at the yeah, website? That absolutely. Sweet. And what's the website? Uh, it's
1: nadsunder.com. So for those of you who are listening, it is n-a-d-s-u-n-d-e-r.com, short for
0: underwear, nadsunder. Cool, Under. right. We'll get we'll get that in, in, in the closing as well to the show. But before we do that, we're going to actually talk to some callers on the show, which oh, is always fun. So we've got Mo, we got Ben, uh, we got a couple of callers. Are you with us? Let us hear some questions for you. And then uh, we'll riff on it and we'll see what we've got for you today.
3: All right. Hi, I'm Mo, um, and I'm really happy, first and foremost, to hear at the very end there that uh, NADs are also for women. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, I've got two questions if there's time. Um, first one for the lady listeners, um, because my background is in teaching yoga. And so I have all these people that come to the studio. They're really uh, concerned and, you know, health conscious. And yet we are wearing the same type compression as leisure wear that you mentioned that uh, men are also wearing. So I know even for me personally, I'm trying to figure out like what's going to stay in place and what won't show sweat. And that leads to like the worst ingredients uh, of the pants. So um, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit of how these endocrine-disrupting fabrics impact women as mm. well because as we all know, women also have testosterone even though we don't have gonads. Um, but we also need healthy levels of all of our, our hormones as well.
1: Sure. Well, Mo, thanks so much for calling in. It's great to uh, meet you informally here over the phone. But. You're spot on with that. And we just went after the male market just because, you know, we have that background in it. We can speak to it more and there's more of a hole in the market. But you are 100% correct in the fact that in yoga pants specifically, this is a massive, massive issue, right? And it's one of those things where if you can try and find healthier alternatives, you should always look for them. Even if they're going to compromise a little bit on some of the moisture-wicking, form-fitting Uh, properties of the alternative, right? You got to kind of pick which one you want to go with. So that said, I think some of the ideal fabrics for ladies active wear would be things like merino wool tights. I know Mm -hmm. those are more uh, popular right now. There are companies out there that do have some organic cotton active wear for ladies. You'll probably have a better time finding them um, than we would trying to find men's active wear. Yeah. Right? So there are definitely companies out there that specialize in doing organic activewear. I think a simple search for organic activewear online will yield you probably a couple of good solid results. And then unfortunately with you know a lot of these companies being in the e-commerce space, it may take a little bit of back and forth with trial and error on what's your preferred fit and style because they're not as form-fitting for everybody, right? Um, and we're seeing that with the underwear. And to your point, while we do sell underwear for men, a lot of ladies love the boxer shorts for lounging around. And to your other point about you know, the reproductive system and, and males versus females and having that be impacted differently, it's just as much of an issue with women as it is for men. Our reproductive system sits on the outside of our body, so it's a little bit differently. It's a little bit more prevalent to have that exposure. But that said, your skin's making contact with whatever it is you're putting on it and it's absorbing everything you're putting on it. So with that said, you're still absorbing those you know, those volatile organic compounds, the mm-hmm. EPFAs, PFCs, the phthalates, all that. Um, so it's just as much of an issue. And ladies actually have been, uh, I've seen in studies that have shown to have more probability of having things like um, yeast infections, mm. skin infections and rashes down there because of their underwear. So there are definitely some options out there for you to check out. It's probably a little bit easier to find them for for ladies than it is for men. I think that probably answers your question.
0: Yeah, that was that was cool. I, yeah. I, sorry, Mo, I didn't want to interrupt. I was going to summarize and invite you back on for part two of the question.
3: Yeah, go for it.
0: Um. Well, basically what I was going to say is I think if we get you know, differentiating the male impact versus the female impact. I think we just know that these chemicals that are leaching through the skin and into the system at a very kind of grassroots understanding are causing some kind of oxidative stress, some kind of inflammation. And as we tie that to the backbone of like the reproductive system and hormonal health, we got to remember something like fertility in women is a state of abundance, right? The body that's chronically stressed, leached of minerals, um, you know, just rampant state of oxidation and inflammation is not necessarily going to manifest that signal of abundance to recreate, to have a healthy balance of these hormones. So at the at the very least, I don't know the differences necessarily between the male and female physiology and direct impacts, but I'm pretty confident in saying the less of this toxic load we can carry, it's probably a good move. Yeah. And, and Mo, did, you, did we get both of your questions? You had a second part?
3: Um, I did have a second part actually. Um, and this kind of... Um, kind of pigtails off of your your question about your own clothing ski that you were asking about wearing. Uh, for the men in my life, my brother, my husband, um, and even my father, who's a cyclist, um, they often wear the compression shorts, especially my dad, who is older. He's not looking to have children at this point, obviously, but um, as an avid cyclist, he that is So that is the uniform for for cyclists or those compression shorts. Um, And so and even for other athletes who are younger, um, I see buzzwords like, you know, compression shorts are great for circulation and recovery and things like this. So uh, for those who are looking for those benefits of the compression shorts, can you speak to any um, alternatives of ways to get those benefits for like recovery and circulation, not even necessarily in clothing, but just other options.
0: Love that question. You want to take this one? Yeah. Okay.
1: So we, we kind of started this because of the need for more organic active wear for ourselves. And with that, it was trying to phase out literally compression shorts for men, uh, polyester, nylon, spandex, all these 100% synthetic materials have negative repercussions on health. And that's the crux of the entire business that we started, right? So the idea behind the brand was we wanted to make something for athletes, for active lifestyles. And that's kind of how we settled on the boxers and boxer briefs and the fit that we made. So in short, uh, this isn't a product pushed by any means, but our boxers and boxer briefs, the main active line that we call them, they are designed for an active lifestyle to where that base layer that you're putting on your body is super important. And... Candidly, they're not going to be as tightly knit as a compression short, right? But that said, like we mentioned before, you've kind of got to pick which one you want to go with, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to make sacrifices and, you know, if you want to look super, super aesthetic in Lululemon leggings, you're probably not going to look as aesthetic in something that's made out of organic cotton Mm -hmm. because they're not going to have that chic look, right? So you've kind of got to decide what you want to do with it. That said, we did design our underwear specifically for athletes, and then we've pushed out of that into a lifestyle line as well, and that's called the ball natural line. Um, and those are less catered to an active lifestyle, but our boxers and boxer briefs are specifically tailored to an active lifestyle. So I think that would be a good solution for the, the men in your life. And then that said, trying to take it even a step further and you know diminish the whole thought of complacency, we will be launching something very soon, I won't get into too much. That will be probably a better solution to the question that you're asking. Um, what we'll
4: a prob- tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so a tease.
1: Keep an eye on that on our social media, which is at Nads Under, and we will be doing a product drop probably within the next three to four months, um, cool. specifically for athletes even more.
0: Cool. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Anything to add on that one, Steve? We yeah. feel like, yeah, cool. Cool. And then, yeah, like, Mo, thank you for calling in. Those were great questions, I think, as well as we're having this conversation. The guys just nailed it there, but... As well, if you're you're talking to athletes, then focus on what's really important to athletes, which is often touching on what they want, which is like recovery or muscle or fat loss, and helping them understand that, well, the clothes might be better form fitting and it might suit the, you know, the lycra gang on the bikes or whatever, that they actually might be doing themselves a disservice from recovering if they've constantly got to deal with detoxing from these, you know, pretty nasty things and they're lowering the testosterone, et cetera, and not getting the results that they want to. So you can take a multi pronged uh, attack approach on that one. So, then. Thank you for calling in mo next up we have ben from ohio ben what you got for us
4: hey guys thanks for taking my call this is actually the second time i've talked to you uh, i talked to you with paul saladino in the first episode and it's kind of what led me in my journey of being better health because i have hair loss hmm. But anyway my first question to you guys was how long do the toxic chemicals from bad underwear stay in your system how long does it take to remove them completely you guys kind of hinted on 120 days to kind of get back into normal uh, sperm reproduction but how long does it take those chemicals to get out
1: so awesome question thank you for calling in I think that's a Unfortunately, a loaded question because it's hard to pinpoint where your sources of exposure to these chemicals are. And right in 120 days on the polyester, compression sling on the the scrotum was a very specific situation. Unfortunately, we're so wrapped up in chemical abundance right now Mm -hmm. that detoxing, unfortunately, is a very tough reality. Mm -hmm. So in entirety, I'm not sure exactly what there is we can do to give you a very specific answer on that question. My my short personal answer on it is that in every area of your life, if there's a spot where you can make a slightly significant change, I would opt to do it, and it's going to impact the system overall as a whole better. That said, 2023 uh, in, in America, just in the world in general, I don't think there's a 100% toxin-free life. Mm-hmm. I think forever chemicals are called forever chemicals for a reason, unfortunately a sad reality, I think detoxing from them, while not impossible, might be unlikely. So that's kind of where we come at it with the mindset of let's try and attack every area we can with healthy solutions and keep pushing that agenda along across the board. And then through that, hopefully the prevalence of them
0: in our systems will start to diminish as well. In the clothing arena, is polyester the biggest offender here? It's kind of a mix. It's like you have the,
1: the the risks associated with every type of fabric, right? right? So you have the fabrics that are composed of synthetic materials, literally derived from things like petroleum, petrochemicals, mm-hmm. and they have their own risk factors. And then you have things that are natural fibers, like cotton and hemp, and they are then treated with nasty agents that then host their own risks, right? So at the end of the day, everything falls into the whole endocrine-disrupting chemical kind of mm-hmm. umbrella but then within that underneath each of them has different kind of tiers of risk associated with each type of material and such.
0: Mm, Cool. Yeah, Ben, I hope I hope that's helpful a little bit. I think what the guys said was was one of the you know the personal questions I had for them too. Like you said, we call them forever chemicals. It sounds kind of scary. Like, are we with this stuff forever? And I think precautionary principle on the table here, which means minimize how many of these things were taken on. No, we're gonna get some exposure to things like microplastics and these toxins, but if we minimize, that's our first line of defense. And then in terms of detoxification, well, if if that can work maybe, then then how do we do that? It's deep cellular sweating, it's things yeah. like the sauna, it's supporting our elimination pathways, it's proper hydration, it's taking good healthy poops every day, it's supporting those things, it's micronutrients to support the organs that support elimination and assimilation and digestion. So I hope you've got some, you know, some ideas there, Ben. We're all, we're all in this together. We're all uh, a little bit <laughs> toxified. So we, uh, we're doing the best that we can right. with the tools that we've got. Um, but thanks for calling back in the show. I'm wondering how how you're doing now, Ben. Uh, aside with the journey, if that was the first call with Paul, that was a little bit ago. So how's this animal-based lifestyle been treating you?
4: Um, fantastic. So I was I started in March. Um, my hair loss is kind of. Changed. I haven't noticed any more new patches and I'm starting to regrow some hair. So that's fantastic. Um, I was on vacation last week, so I decided to kind of splurge and kind of feel how my body would react to adding some foods like pasta and pizza and that kind of stuff. And it went horrific. Like I, (laughs) I felt like I had by the end of the week, my body felt like I had the flu. Mm -hmm. Um, so I told my wife, like I'm going back and I will be on a animal based diet, probably for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I felt that significantly worse, um, just in a week that it wasn't, it's not worth it to me, Uh, um, but it's been, it's been fantastic. So it it was a leap of faith and I, it, it was, it was nice to actually, uh, go into that animal based diet and feel better.
0: Good for you, Ben. Good for you. The pain teacher sometimes got to kick our ass to teach us the lessons, yeah, right? right? And uh, you know, sometimes that junky food will Absolutely. do that for you. So I appreciate you, Ben. Thanks for sharing your story and keep just getting healthier. Go get yourself some nants too. You know, protect those balls where you can. <laughs> Thanks
1: for calling in, Ben.
0: Thank you. Fellas, that's pretty much it. I mean, we're going to close the show with anything that's still on your heart and mind that wants to be shared. Of course, we'll reshare those links and where people can go to find your social media and your website. But a little bit of an open invitation to say anything that wants to be said right now. Is there any closing thoughts is there any closing statements is there anything you want to tell the world deliver uh
1: i think high
0: level summary of something that is always kind of on
1: my mind is that we are an underwear brand but we're in the business of inspiring healthy choices Mm -hmm. underwear is our product for now we're probably going to expand um that said we're not trying to do everything right and like that's one of those things that people have asked us a lot about and with that comes the notion of we're going to do our part to do what we're doing the best we can and that we need to inspire other people and other brands to do their part as well. So if we can have this big synergy between brands of all pushing the same overall wellness and health agenda together, and everyone's doing something like organ supplements, underwear, active wear, lifestyle wear, uh, grass-fed beef, like every type of brand that's for a purpose like this should kind of all exist in an ecosystem where we have all these cool brands doing their own part where we actually finally have options as
2: consumers.
0: Love it. Yeah. Love it. Anything to add there, Steve? No, Dan kind
2: of hit the nail on the head just keeps making small daily smart choices towards a cleaner lifestyle and everything will work out.
0: I agree. We need each other. We're kind of fighting the final boss of ill health from big food to big clothing <laughs> to big whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a war out there and collaboration beats competition. I never thought I'd look two men in the eyes and say thank you for looking after my balls, but thank you for looking after <laughs> my balls. Thank you for all the balls that you're gonna save from these PFAs, these forever chemicals for keeping those Nads healthy, for keeping the women healthy in the future and these exciting things that you teased us with today. So where, where are they going to check you guys out again on Insta?
1: On Instagram, it's at Nads Under. And then the website for the store is nadsunder.com, which has our blog as well.
0: Okay, cool. And a cheeky little Radical Health Radio discount code for you to pick up some nads for either yourself or for your lady so she can relax in some non-toxic underwear too. Thank you, fellas, very much for coming out. Hope you enjoy the rest of your time. We'll see you next week, fam. Peace. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Radical Health Radio. We got a fresh new podcast for you every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, consider liking, subscribing, reviewing, and rating us on your podcast platform. It helps us spread this message of radical health. We'll see you next week.